When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them the ability. This Sunday we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, a day celebrated by many mainline churches, and sadly in the shadow of Christmas and Easter, a day easily forgotten by others. But it is a special day. It's an important day. It is a day referred to by many as the birthday of the church. Here's the story. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. It's Pentecost, that most wonderful time of the year. We pull out our decorations, we give gifts, we gather with friends around a large feast, and we put out candy for the kids. The churches, they all prepare for the mass influx of people who don't attend regularly, but boy, they are sure to make Pentecost worship. Everyone gets excited for Pentecost. Or not so much. It's amazing to me the secular hold that Christmas and Easter has on Western society. But Pentecost? Meh. Most people really don't understand what it is, or that it, it is even a thing. I bet you that if you went onto the street and you asked random people what Pentecost is, the answers you'd get would range from dumbfounded expressions to hysterical, to say the least. So, what is it about Pentecost that it gets forgotten? Well, 
If we look at the story in Acts about the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, it's pretty scary. I mean, if we were trying to write, uh, you know, a carol to sing for Pentecost, we wouldn't have a cute baby in a manger for our subject matter. What we'd have is fire resting on people in a raging wind. Instead of angels sweetly singing, we have people blabbering in strange languages. It's no wonder that Pentecost gets forgotten. It's scary. I think what might be scariest for those who want to take Pentecost seriously is unlike Christmas and Easter, where you, know, you see this kind of focus of what God is doing for us, Pentecost focuses on God empowering us to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Pentecost rages against what Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. So what is cheap grace? Well, for Bonhoeffer, cheap grace is, and I quote, preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate, end quote. The opposite of cheap grace is what we would call costly grace, which is what I think Pentecost points towards. Costly grace calls us not just to receive Jesus Christ, but to follow. When we affirm our baptism, we affirm costly grace. When the presiding minister says, Do you intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in holy baptism? to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God and Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace on all the earth. And usually everybody, well, I, I believe everybody does, they respond, I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. But how many of us affirm this costly grace only to allow cheap grace to prevail in our daily lives? I think some of the apathy in the church today is that we affirm costly grace, but we aspire to cheap grace. Maybe if we learn to live in costly grace, we'll find out what grace really is. So, how should we celebrate Pentecost this year? Well, the color for that day is red, to symbolize the tongues of fire that rested on those in the upper room that day. Uh, that, this is why some churches, they have a tradition of wearing red on the day of Pentecost. Uh, you, you'll see the church pyramids, uh, they'll be red, there'll be a red banner. Perhaps other ways could be to plant red flowers around your home or your office. You could even go a step further and plant a yearly Pentecost garden full of red flowers. I think the best way to celebrate Pentecost is by living out that costly grace, by loving our neighbors and serving others, be it simply opening a door for a stranger, volunteering at a local shelter, or better yet, standing up and advocating for those whose society marginalizes. 
By this, we will follow the example of Jesus and proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word 